Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. Uh, that is right. We are bringing the Canton Bound episode back. We've taken a little bit of a hiatus from the uh, camp- the campus kickoff series uh, where we were breaking down each conference, um, but we are back. As always, I'm Colin. I am not grumpy Austin tonight. He's not. He's yeah. not. I, I have. I, I have haven't yet been drinking. To, yeah, I, I have yet to uh, yet to get chastised for anything or any sort of a snide remark. Uh, so we're just gonna ride this momentum. Um, we're just gonna keep going here. C two C fam, let's ride. Yeah. Um, opening week of college football uh, starts this weekend. Uh, I know we are the NFL half of the show here, but just having football back is exciting uh any particular game this weekend you're going to be watching college football well i'm i'm required to watch the oh i already forget what my assignment is for our uh (laughs) oh i have the colorado state game okay um so i i will be watching that and i was happy that i got no sorry uh utah state yeah i was gonna say colorado state gets michigan week one yeah sorry i I get to watch the utah state game which is interesting because um you know we still don't really know what their their wide receiver situation is going to look like um so i'll be paying really close attention to that and then there's some other here there you know drake may unc i want to see how he looks um and if they they pull them at all i want north texas is an interesting team perhaps we'll see what they look like um, so I think that the teams that have question marks are the ones that I'm most excited for. Do you have a game in mind that you're going to be watching? Um, I'll be watching the, uh, Western Kentucky game. You know, I want to see how, uh, how Reed looks. Um, that'll be one that'll be interesting for me. That's a, that is another good one. You know, it's a big see one. What the wide receiver split looks yep. like. See how Austin yep. looks. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. Did you, do they play Austin P? Is that how they get? Austin P plays. That sounds yeah. right to me. <laughs> I feel like that's right. It's always, um, it's like, I mean, they all play. Yeah. It's like all terrible opponents. Yeah. Florida State has Duquesne. Yeah. Like, it's not. It's it, what uh, UNC has what? Like some the Tallahassee State or like something yeah. garbage. Like it's just, yeah. it's rough. We, but that's not why we care yeah. to watch it. Nope. So it, it's always sad when, uh, you know, Nebraska Northwestern's probably the most exciting game of the weekend. In Ireland, you know, you never know. Yeah. Maybe we'll get someone, you know, charge the field or something drunken, drunken person or something. So, you know, I, I hope, I hope they're crazy over there. They are. Um, but with uh, with with football season kicking off here, uh, we are bringing you content every single day of the week. Uh, beyond the podcasts, we're bringing you something every single day. College football mornings uh, is a new show we have going on over on the YouTube channel going to be, you know, maybe 10, 15 or so minutes um, every single day, new topic, a different topic each day of the week. Austin and I will be doing waiver wire Tuesdays uh, discussing which college players, um, you know, popped off this weekend, which ones you want to pick up off your waiver wire. Um, Matt and Chris will be doing the other shows the days of the week, the other days of the week. Uh, Chris has a betting one. Matt has a uh, high school recruiting one. Um, so definitely check those out each week. Um we also have the uh, tailgate and college football tonight. Uh, our two Saturday shows; those are going to be returning again. Uh, tailgate going to be 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. right right up till kickoff. Uh, we're going to be dropping you know start sits, some prize pick lines, breaking down some of the key matchups there, just talking some overall storylines. 
Uh, and then college football tonight, uh, it's going to go live after the uh, last uh, primetime game of the night, probably around 11 p.m. ish. Uh, we're going to be breaking down all the games, uh, people who really impressed us. Uh, we'll have a couple other segments on there, um, different each week. Uh, so you're definitely going to want to check those out. Uh, we had a lot of fun with those last year. Really looking forward to those again this year. Uh, and then we had one other new podcast drop. Uh, second episode dropped this week. That is the Bet on C2C podcast hosted by Brandon Sanders, Chris K, and Ethan Sowers. Uh, they're just bringing you all sorts of betting advice, um, prize picks, lines, DFS. Um, you know, I think they talked a little bit of underdog too, maybe. Um, they're going to be bringing you all the betting info that you need. Uh, so if you want to win money, tune in on that show on Wednesdays. Um, but let's get into some news here. Uh, we have been away for a little while, so some of this stuff isn't the most recent, but uh, it is still stuff that I think is worth breaking down. Um, Deshaun Watson suspended for 11 games after that appeal, fined $500 million, or no, $5 million, should have been $500 million. Um, but we won't get into all the legal stuff here. What is Deshaun's outlook for you this year are you interested in rostering him at all this year if you're you know playing any redraft or if you're a contender are you looking to start him at any point man not really like i just think he's a terrible human being yes like honestly i i really really do i don't really care if that upsets someone who listens to this show like he's just a piece of crap like he is i'm sorry um you don't have to listen to us anymore uh, if you don't want to hear me say that, um, quite frankly, he should have been suspended for at least the year, the full year, if not longer. Um, I, that being said, I don't want to roster him anywhere this year. Like I had the chance to take him fairly at a reasonable spot in like the Scott fishbowl draft this year. I passed, um, I, I, I considered it, but I honestly thought he would be suspended for the full year, but it would be, the, you know, instead of 11 games or whatever. I mean, just how transparent is it that they, literally their first game back is Houston? Like, it's just so blatantly transparent. Yeah. Like, it's it's a it's a fucking joke. Like, it's the WWF or, or WWE, whatever we're calling it <laughs> nowadays. Like, it's just a soap opera with dude wearing tights. I mean, this is basically what what this this whole saga is. It's a joke. Um, beyond this year, I mean, I'm not I'm not one of those people that necessarily like can't separate like the art from the artist or whatever like if i have him on a roster already i'm not like moving him i but i, I understand people that that are and i get it i did just take him we're doing a big draft with our some of our nil members right now it's a 24 teamer um a single copy on the on, on the college side and then two copies in the nfl side i did take watson in that league it's it's uh, an option i think i got a price on him i didn't feel great doing it but I do think after this year, like it's kind of going to return to normal for him, assuming that like some piece of evidence or like, you know, key, whatever, you know, there's Ray Rice got undone because there was video. Yeah. If something like that sprouts up on Deshaun Watson, he's toast. Absolutely. So I do think there is some risk long term with him. I'm not actively acquiring him, but I think in some situations it makes sense to to have him on a team. And I, they don't have a lot of draft capital to support him, but they do also have. Amari Cooper, who they just paid, he'll be there for the long run. They did just take David Bell in the third round. He's an he's a fine player in the NFL. Like, I don't think he'll ever be a star, but that's certainly a guy that you can do some things with. So I think they have some pieces there. Are they as loaded at the pass catching positions as I would like? No, 
well, I, I hate the Browns. So, I mean, <laughs> yes. Um, but if I'm like all in on Deshaun Watson, they don't quite have the weapons there that I would necessarily hope for. And, you know, he's had for the majority of his Texans career, he had um, uh, uh, DeAndre Hopkins. He does not have that guy yet. Maybe they find a way. Maybe they're hoping Cooper's that guy. I, I don't I don't know. The, the, the construction there's a little odd to me. Yeah, it is a little odd. They, I mean, I like Cooper, um, but beyond them, I, and I like David Bell too, but like I said, like I think you said, he's probably more of an ancillary piece at this point. I mean, I do think he has the potential to uh, be a wide receiver, you know, two, three for fantasy purposes. Um, if Deshaun Watson is able to return to form before that, because Deshaun Watson made some other fantasy, other receivers fantasy relevant in Houston. Uh, but you know, just speaking strictly more on Watson there. I mean, he's a 26 year old quarterback who just got a mega deal. Regardless of what we think of him as a person, I, I tend to agree with your uh, assessment on that front of things, but, and there is definitely risk. Like you mentioned, if any video were to ever surface, but I'm essentially back to treating him um, not quite at the level he was before all this started, uh, but he still is in my top 10. QBs um, for dynasty purposes. Would you rather have him or Dak? Dak. Oh, him or Kyler? Kyler. Him or CJ Stroud? That's a good one. That's a good question. Um, we are the C2C pod, you know. We are the C2C pod, yes. Um, that's a teaser for uh, a segment that, or for a topic we have a little bit later as well. But um, yeah. I would the probably rather Watson. Watson. Yeah, because we know what he is already. Yeah. Um, as a player on the field. If he was like 33, then maybe it's a different discussion. Yeah. But the fact that he's 26, yeah, I still need Watson. I have Watson ranked as my QB eight. So Caleb Williams or Watson. Okay. Is there any college quarterback? generally process wise it's bad to just trade yeah <laughs> trade yes. a, a star nfl guy for a, a a really good college quarterback without some other yeah stuff thrown in there yeah, yeah i would need um me if if we're talking a, a deshaun watson for a college centerpiece of the deal i would need one of those top four qbs a stroud bryce young caleb williams uh quinn ewers but then I would also want a ancillary quarterback to kind of tide me over, um, you know, maybe a Jared Goff, maybe a, a Matt Ryan, uh, Ryan Tannehill, some something in that realm. I'm trying and to I think remember I would start to consider it exactly what I did last year um, in, in, in uh, a league. I traded Lamar Jackson. I got Caleb Williams back as kind of the centerpiece of it. Uh, and there were like, ancillary like i i also got jk dobbins back basically in the oh, trade that's nice uh, and i moved something along with him like it wasn't you know those two for one but in general like i i think it's bad practice to trade a high-end uh, nfl quarterback for just college piece i think that's how you yeah. get burned really really quickly even if you think the world of of whatever college quarterback you're looking at it that's generally not great process there yeah i agree i mean obviously some exceptions like a guy like Tom Brady, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, guys right at the end of their careers there. Uh, if I'm rebuilding on the NFL side, I, I won't worry about that as much. But um, for for somebody, like I said, under the age of 30, it's, uh, yeah, it's bad process. I would agree with that. Um, 
But speaking of QBs under the age of 30, uh, we have a little bit of a resurgence here, potentially. Baker Mayfield was named the starter uh, for Carolina this year. They have some pieces. They have Christian McCaffrey back healthy. DJ Moore, very solid wide receiver. Uh, you know, despite what Robbie Anderson says, he is on the team still. Terrace Marshall's there. So they have some pieces. Uh, do you have hope for Baker Mayfield being a, a QB two this season? We've been pretty vocal about him being a bounce back candidate because he wasn't that bad. And then he got injured and they made him basically play through a whole season with a pretty serious injury with basically no offensive line to speak of. So um, I think he can bounce back. Am I expecting a QB two season from him this year? I think you would have to. Um, for him to finish not in the top 24 quarterbacks, but I think signal that he's done because the, the the bottom of that barrel is usually pretty bad. I know the situation around him isn't great, but they do still have a couple of pieces there. You know, the offensive line is not elite by any stretch, but I think Pat throwing it to CMC helps a lot. And CMC as a rusher takes some heat off. And then you've got uh, your DJ Moore's, your Robbie Anderson's, your Scott Higgins, who I think is slept on a little bit, has uh, a a rapport with mm. Baker from their time That's in Cleveland. Point. Like they have some pieces there. So I think, yeah, I, I do think he's a QB two this year. Um, he might be closer to, you know, 24 than to 13, but I think he finishes in that range. And if he doesn't, I think that's when the jig is finally up. Like I, I wouldn't expect too much of a bounce back if that's not the case. And he's, there's no one reading down his neck anymore with Corral out here. Yeah. He has what a uh, list Frank injuries that mm -hmm. I believe I heard. So, yeah. I mean, um, it's not like if you look bad, they'll be tempted to throw in, you know, a rookie to see what they've got. Like they don't have that guy on the roster and have Sam Darnold. They, they know what they got with Sam Darnold. It's not great. Yeah. I think we know what we have with Darnold uh, and I'm not overly worried about him stealing Baker's job. I, I agree with you. I think he, he is going to have a QB two this season. I think probably he'll finish probably right around like QB 20. I think maybe 18, 20 ish, right? Around I, I think, range. I think 18 ish will be his range. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and if he does manage to pull that out this year and, you know, bounce back QB two season right around QB 18, uh, what's it, what do you think of his outlook beyond this year um, as a still young uh, quarterback on uh, a nice, a nice roster there with some nice offensive skill pieces. And as much as I want to say that, I think if he does well this year, uh, like if he finishes in that QB 18 range that, that he could uh, run off into the sunset of Carolina. I mean, the staff there, I think is on a, uh, not a very long leash. They've not been good. They've not drafted particularly well over the past couple of years. So it's not like I'm, I feel good about there being help coming for him. Um, I, um, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge believer in the project they have going on there. So I think this I'm I'm worried that even if he has another good year, it's kind of a dead end year there with Carolina. We're kind of back to square one, but I, he's not resigned long term there. So if something were to happen and he's no longer in the plans, you'd have to figure as long as he doesn't implode that locker room or something or, or re-injure his shoulder, that he'll get a fair shot somewhere else. I know it's not great to have a quarterback on his third team in five years or whatever, but I think you could make a legitimate case if he looks average this year that he deserves that shot even if he uh even if we're pretty sure at that point he never becomes the guy that we thought maybe he could be yeah uh, he's he's a guy that i was buying pretty cheap this offseason um mostly because i believe in his his talent long term i think he is a average at worst nfl quarterback 
And I think there's going to be a spot for him regardless of what happens with that staff at Carolina. So I do believe, I agree with you. I do believe that that has a staff has a short leash. I could see them cleaning house after this year. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that shakes out, but whether it is in Carolina with the new regime or whether he does move on and take over somewhere else, I think he has an NFL future. So I feel pretty confident investing in him as my QB two long-term. I think he's even a guy that you can probably acquire as like your QB three. And he just kind yeah. of floats in that, you know, start depending on matchup or whatever. I do think it's really good news for DJ Moore. I know that's yes. not on the, the show sheet here, but I think he's the best quarterback that Moore will have had here in the NFL you know, Cam Newton wasn't Cam Newton when he played right. with them. Um, so I think that's it's good news for him, a guy that uh, is going to be another case study in, um, you know, talent over a situation. You know, the situation wasn't great, but uh, we were pretty sure that, that DJ Moore was pretty good. Yeah, I mean, the big question for DJ Moore is can he score touchdowns? You know, I, I think he's, you know, averages, I think it's like four touchdowns in his career. Yeah, um, but four yeah. touchdowns a season. Yeah, it's it's pretty low. And is he that guy, or is it part of the quarterbacks that he was with? I, I do think we're going to get an answer to that this season. Uh, I, I like DJ Moore, uh, and I think we're going to see what he's really made of and what his ceiling can be this year with um, a competent quarterback. But speaking of potentially competent quarterbacks, Zach Wilson uh, injured in the preseason game here he had a bone bruise and a meniscus tear underwent successful surgery they think he has an outside shot to be back week one that would really surprise me he's pro i don't think he's a pup candidate either though so he'll probably be back somewhere in that one week one to week four range um, but is this a make or break year for zach wilson even with his injury i think it has to be I think it has to be. If the Jets are really bad again, you have to figure that the thought crosses their mind. And apparently, you know, he was up and down in practice. Apparently, Joe Flacco has looked better. You know, I think Flacco's a solid floor quarterback, but you expect your, your how dare you? You'd expect your your first round, you know, potential franchise quarterback to be outperforming him in practice. They have the weapons there. Like I the, will the line be good? Maybe not. Mackie Becton is out for the year now, uh, which is a bit of a blow for them. Um, they've, you know, they've got Brees Hall there. They've got uh, Garrett Wilson there. They've got um, um, uh, the, the Elijah Corey Moore Davis. there. Corey Davis, like they, they've got pieces there. So if he's bad and they're picking top ten again, you have to figure they consider moving on from him, which I think is the smart play. Like yeah. if you. If you're fairly sure you know what you've got after two years, there's no sense in in holding on to them and missing out on some other opportunities. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I mean, losing Makai Becton on the offensive line hurts a little bit there, um, but I don't think it's enough of an excuse given all of the other weapons that they've provided him. I mean, the Jets have done, as weird as it is to, as it is to say, the Jets have done a pretty good job of surrounding him with some solid Ta offensive talent there and at some point you're going to run out of excuses and I, I agree with you i think this is a make or break year for him i tend to lean more towards the break uh, but there is a nice ceiling with him given his athletic ability given his arm uh, if he can put it together this year you could see a nice rise but I'm, i mean i'm just wondering like the problem for for the jets is going to be that if this bone bruise and meniscus tear kind of hang around like he has an out yes. like i was bad because of this 
which I think if you're a Jets fan, probably makes you sweat a little more than you want to. You're a little worried, you know, where where does this end up going? But I think you have to. I mean, he didn't look good last year. I think yeah. some of the problems that he had are things that you don't really learn. Like you might learn how to process. But if the speed already isn't there, like you're in trouble. And I don't know that that processing speed is there for him. Yeah. The biggest question I have with him, though, is if he does struggle this year and it is a that is at a point where they're ready to potentially move on from him. Are they bad enough to get a top three pick where they have a shot at one of those quarterbacks? And if not, do they have to trade up or is there somebody else that they end up taking because uh, we have, we've said it multiple times on the campus life show beyond young and Stroud, or yeah, beyond young and Stroud, we're not really that sold on the rest of this quarterback class. There's a lot of question marks here. So I will be interested to see wh- if they decide to move on from Wilson, where they turn in the draft. The nice thing for QB needy teams everywhere. The best thing that could have happened was the Dolphins losing that draft pick next year. Cause they, yeah. that was a team that almost certainly, you know, if two, it doesn't work out, they were going to move up with two first round picks and Philly's yep. the other one um, with, with the Dolphins only having that one pick. Now that's one fewer team to kind of compete with. So, you know, if you're, if they're picking eight or nine, Moving up a few spots, they've got some defensive guys up there. They're going to probably push some guys down, and there might be a couple bad teams that maybe stick with what they have at quarterback. I, it's a possibility they can find a team that would be willing to move back a little bit. It's a, it's a possibility, but it, it'll, I think it'll depend on what teams are up there at the top. Um, if there's a QB need, needy team up there at the top, I don't know if I see them moving back because why would you? Well, move? yeah, no kidding. If we, uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not grumpy tonight. I'm not grumpy tonight. I'm Zen. I'm Zen. Okay. I like okay. to test you. Just like to push. I'm going to drive to Lancaster and smack the shit out of you. <laughs> okay. I'll see it. you in four hours. <laughs> <laughs> you think my anger will subside by the time I get there? Like two hours in, I'm like, what am I, what am I doing? And I just, what am I, you just turn around, turn around back. and go back home. It's not, Colin's not worth it. Colin's not worth it. <laughs> um, all right. Moving off of quarterbacks here, uh, we got two players um potential pup candidates first one gus edwards is a pup candidate he is opening the season on the pup here physically unable to perform list that is definitely going to put him out at least until week four Uh, jk dobbins is back uh reportedly looking pretty healthy Uh, he's back off that injury from last year i think there were some legitimate concerns about what dobbins's workload would look like with Edwards being the primary threat to his workload now starting the season on pup. Is this the opportunity that Dobbins needs to seize this backfield and really run with it? Yeah, I think this is the best thing that could happen to Dobbins. Unfortunately for him, I don't know how limited he's going to be. You know, he's healthy. Are they going to want to give him five thirty carries a game? I'm not entirely sure to start off the year, but I do think I, for all the people that were, you know, this is Gus Edwards' team now, J.K. Dobbins. Like, I'm fading J.K. Dobbins a little bit. I think that's a, a, a bit of a mistake. I still think that, that Dobbins is by far the most talented back on this team. Edwards has been competent. He's been solid. But I think Dobbins gives you something extra. Um, and I think I like they need weapons on that offense. Like, they really do. I know Isaiah Likely's become a little bit of a name this, this offseason as they're second tight end that kind of shows you they don't have a lot of weapons if we're like really excited about the second tight end there um, <laughs> it, 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 no more hollywood a hollywood brown you've got uh, rashad bateman 
and then that's really it besides like besides the tight end duo like that so I, I i think they're they're hurting for somebody to do something there he can get passes at a decent clip um i think that's where we'll see him do a lot of work early in the year here um and i think it is opportunity for dobbins if if not necessarily you know huge fantasy game opportunity it is opportunity for him to kind of ease back in in a role where he can kind of show that i can be this three down guy i can be this versatile chess piece for us i can kind of do a little bit of everything uh, and eventually uh kind of take that role over his his own yeah that's definitely one what i'm hoping for but two i also do think will happen i always like dobbins he's um you know I i was pretty high on him coming out he's my rb3 in that class uh behind way too high bro way too high bro he was my rb4 <laughs> would you have acres ahead of him or ceh yeah i had acres, acres. Ahead of him. yeah 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 i think we both had ceh rb5 Five. yeah yeah um but I, I i like dobbins i think this is a golden opportunity for him and you know I, mike davis isn't anything special but I think he's a guy who's at least competent enough to, like you said, kind of allow Dobbins to ease into the workload a little bit more um, and still not provide a huge threat like Gus Edwards, where he could siphon off enough to make this, you know, almost like a 50 50 split. You know, I, I think Davis is good enough to spell Dobbins where they don't have to just run him into the ground. Mike Davis they- is so good that Cordero Patterson was fantasy relevant last year. Just throwing that out there. Hey, Cordell Patterson was a versatile weapon who had a breakout a, a breakout season at the age of 30. All right. Okay. Just saying. I'm just saying. That's how Mike Davis is so good that that guy stood out at running back. Just just saying. Just saying. And an offense that was crying out for playmakers. Just saying. Just saying. And, and maybe that's he's, exactly he's the what good, he was. Maybe he's the good luck Chuck of, of running back <laughs> backfield mates. Like, <laughs> and he did just become a dad. So congratulations to Mike Davis. I saw him that he tweeted that out. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. Um, but over to somebody who is unlikely to start the season on the pup. I thought you were going to be like unlikely to ever be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> like why? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in his personal life. I, I would. I would never comment on something like that. Um, Michael Gallup uh, is reportedly unlikely to start the season on the pup. Uh, not a final decision yet, but. Uh, reportedly unlikely he may not necessarily be ready week one but that is does bode well for his early season outlook uh, for a team that threw the ball at a, at a lot, uh, high rate last year i think they were in the top three of pass attempts last year they lose their pseudo wide receiver one in amari cooper cd lamb still there presumably takes over that wide receiver one role Gallup is a guy that we were kind of projecting to be the wide receiver two on this offense here. Do we think he regains the wide receiver two label for this offense? Um, He's likely as anybody. I think the Jalen Tolbert hype, you know, we haven't, we've been doing a double campus lights for the past six weeks. So we haven't been covering a lot of the camp news. I think stuff like Jalen Tolbert looking, you know, in, in quotes, good in camp is kind of, um, like eye candy it's not necessarily the real thing um i think we'll find that out pretty quickly once the actual regular season rolls around i mean he's a guy that really couldn't break out at a small program in in a a weak conference until very late in his career and even then his skill set wasn't particularly versatile it was basically be bigger than the guy across from you be faster than the guy across from you and just beat him downfield 
Um, I, I don't think it's a very compelling skill set as wide receiver too, especially on an offense like this one where I think they, they'll throw the ball enough where they like actually need competent wide receiver play to make this offense go. And I think he's, he's not quite at that level. Is Gallup going to be at that level right away? No, but I don't think Gallup is hurt long-term with Tolbert. I actually think Tolbert's kind of a guy where I, if I have him and a league mate is, is kind of biting on him, maybe I, I throw him in a trade package or some sort. Um, either, you know, to, to two for one on the NFL side, or honestly, he's the kind of guy where I'm fine. Just kind of like, I, I caught a very small fish with like no bait in college, essentially, you know, I'm out fishing. I'm happy to toss that back and hope I catch, you know, back into the waters and, and, and for a college guy, you know, basically trade him out. Um, and, and hope that maybe this guy ends up being that guy or this guy just as a CFF producer, you know, I'd be tempted with Jalen Tolbert to trade him for Jalen Wayne. Or like a guy that I think is going to be really good in college for the next two years. Like I think some of that certainty in terms of locked in for a year or two of college production is underrated. Because if he's nothing in the NFL, there's just there's no more value. Like there's no value to squeeze out of him. That 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 you know whatever has been has been juiced to death. There's nothing left in it. Where I think there's a little juice left in the squeeze for some of these college guys. That because we said something similar about like does he have NFL upside? Mm -hmm. Probably not gets drafted day two, that, that's the kind of guy where I'm, I'm fine just trading him for that same profile guy and, and just taking the locked-in value. Yeah, I mean, take somebody that you're guaranteed to get production from uh, on the yeah, college side. Because I mean, we're not we're not guaranteed the Tolbert does anything. They still have Dalton yeah. Schultz. They still have uh, Zeke and um, Pollard in the backfield. They still have Lamb, like you're talking about. I mean, they're stupid enough to probably take another wide receiver early next year. Um, it's like they, they're, uh, he's not going to be a name there for long. He's kind of the flavor of the month yep. in terms of the NFL. And those are the guys that you want to move while you can before you yeah. lose that value. Yeah, by um, week five, if he's not doing anything, guess what? That value is all gone. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I would look to move Tolbert there as well. Um, with Michael Gallup, though, circling back there, do you think he can be a wide receiver too for fantasy purposes? this year and obviously no. maybe not season end finish um but you know down the stretch there in an offense that throws the ball as much as as dallas does do you have any hope for him to be a wide receiver too no i mean on a per game basis or whatever no i don't i think that's asking a lot um but i mean what's was, was he, he's never been a wide receiver too has he no, he has not. I mean, I know Cooper was there, and he was, yeah, was the third say. guy. I, yeah. I don't know. No, I think that's a little rich for him. How many guys do we think can be wide receiver twos? Is he amongst the There's a lot of guys who... of that group that can, like, <laughs> you know, fit from any given season finish in that range? Like, I don't think so. He's tethered to a decent offense, but we were just talking about DJ Moore and you know, kind of talent or a situation. I mean, they, there's no guarantee that they don't just go get another guy. And there's no guarantee that he comes back healthy. You know, yeah. They rushed back this, this quick. I mean, this is kind of a rush job. Right? This is like Clemson level healing. <laughs> it's not, it's not quite that level. You're right. Um, he would already be out there. Yeah. He would be out there. He would have been out there, you know, the beginning of spring. Um, but I, I do have some hope for Gallup. Maybe not wide receiver two this year, but he is, you know, he's relatively young, um, 26. So he's he's got a couple of years left there where, you know, there's there's some, to, to borrow your phrase, some juice left for the squeeze. Uh, but we'll uh, we'll move out of the news here. 
um, into the into the main segment. Uh, but before we get into that, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great pods. Um, you can follow all of them on Twitter at Fantasy Points Live, or check out the Friday drops that recap the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. Uh, main segment on this one here, uh, titled "Old News, New Views." This is all old news. This is all stuff that um, is even older than the news we started earlier. But again, things that we haven't really talked about because for the last six weeks, we've been breaking down all the conferences for you guys. So there's some fantasy relevant things here, some bigger storylines. First one, Trey Lance starting QB for San Francisco. About time. Something kind of we've all been expecting, especially when they drafted him third overall. Um, what do we see Lance's ceiling being here? Very tantalizing prospect. I mean, the ceiling has to be near quarterback one, right? I mean, just with the rushing upside, I do think his rushing upside, you know, he flashed it when he started a game or two last year, but he didn't run like a ton in college. I actually think the narrative around his rushing upside has been a bit overblown based on those games. And I get that you want to use those as your, um, kind of data set since he was playing at such a low level in college and there aren't that many games to pull from there anyway. Um, but I, I think that his rushing aside, like he's not as good of a rusher as Jalen hurts. For example, Jalen hurts was an elite rusher in college at elite college programs at a, an elite um, conferences. And, and he really wasn't Lance. So I, I do think that like, I think his best, like you're praying, you're hoping that his he's Lamar Jackson. I think he'll wow. be lucky to hit that. I think realistically, in terms of like what would his dynasty value be in year out, year in, year out, I think it's almost impossible for anybody to kind of pass the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier. I think those are the consensus one, too. I'd have a hard time ever putting him above a Justin Herbert, who I just think has more longevity in his game, probably, and things at the NFL once. I'd have, again, like his best case is probably Lamar. Like, does he pass Lamar? I don't know. Deshaun Watson, that's another guy. I think his his best case scenario is kind of close to Kyler Murray, who we who flirts with. You know, some days he's consistent, sometimes he's not. Um, the like, Joe Burrow might be in that range, a guy that kind of finished hot last year, but seems like a bit of it was full school the production. So I think that's kind of like for pure dynasty value. I think that's kind of the range where he ends up settling. And I have a hard time believing he ever hits like that, like elite, 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 like. I wouldn't treat you Patrick Mahomes for like the entire roster, basically like that. I don't know that he ever hits that level of a fantasy asset. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I've seen a lot of hype for him out there. And like you said, with his rushing ability, yeah, there is definitely the potential for him to hit that Lamar Jackson level. I do think he just, I think a lot of it is going to depend on how he actually looks, uh, you know, throwing the ball, uh, and what his progression is as a passer is to determine his longevity. But I'm fairly optimistic on him. I think he settles in as a top 10 QB, probably towards the back half, probably in that 8, 9, 10 range. Uh, but I think perennially he can be in that range there. Um, but again, this is a C2C pod here. So I, I kind of, based on your answer, I kind of have a feeling I know where you're going to go with all this, but... Uh, you know, we have a couple of high-end prospects coming out here, Stroud and Young this year. Uh, where does Lance stack up in comparison to Stroud and Young for you? 
first off, how dare you hit me with my own line? Um, how dare you? Um, second, uh, I would definitely take more of a year, yours because we're just basically two years in the future with yours. Um, Stroud, oh man, I think he's kind of in that similar range in terms of value. Like if you combined the two drafts into one and you made everybody pick, I think Lance would probably go in a similar range as Stroud and Young. I think it's uh, uh just depends on the individual and what kind of what you're looking for i um i do th- yeah i i because I, I think all the trade value is very similar like if i just was taking one to, to move them on i think you'd get similar returns um so yeah i think uh that's a pretty fair question i think um do i have to choose one like you do i'm on the record here gun to your head yeah. i'd probably take stroud then okay i'd probably say stroud Stroud, Lance, Young, but like they're very close. Like if I did combined rankings, they might be the three players that are right beside each other. Interesting, interesting. I like that. Um, I think I would still have him ahead of both of those guys by a little bit um, because I think his ceiling is higher than Stroud's. Stroud is a competent rusher, but it's never really going to be a big part of his game. Uh, and young could be a good rusher if they ever unleash him, but I don't know if the NFL will ever unleash him either. Also some mild size concerns for young, um, potential scheme concerns for Stroud, uh, given Ohio states, um, the, given that that hasn't quite translated to the NFL level, like we would hope it would, uh, to this point. Um, so I would still take Lance, but it is very close. I agree with you. Um, but if Lance is starting, means Jimmy G has to be on the bench. Jimmy G on the bench. He not traded yet. Um, he had off-season surgery. So that's kind of put a little bit of a, a hold on his potential trade value there. But is Jimmy G still an NFL starter, in your opinion? Yeah, he'll get a job somewhere. Um, I mean, the bottom third of the NFL is always kind of struggling for a guy. Um if if, uh, if Baker's bad in Carolina, you know, if something happens in Miami and Tua is not the guy we think he is, he could go there. Brett Favre retires after this season and they don't like what they have in Jordan Brett Love. Favre. Like maybe he's a oh, sorry, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, uh, hey, maybe, Favre might be back. I don't know. He's I mean, he could be a stopgap guy there. Like I think he has some career left. Does he end up being a like a? Uh, a guy that has like a team has a long-term plan to build around at this point, probably not, but I don't think he needs to do Could he be um, Ryan Fitzpatrick for the next 10 years? Maybe like the guy, you know, mission impossible, send him in, you know, figure out a quarterback situation. And then he's gone. I think that could be a role for him. And that's not, it's not a bad way to make a living. I'm sure Ryan Fitzpatrick has made quite a bit of money doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick definitely made a lot of money doing that. And, you know, he, Finally hung it up, but a long career as a journeyman. Yeah, I, th- I think I could see that for Jimmy G. I, d- I agree with you, though. I do think he is an NFL starting caliber quarterback. You know, probably um, bottom 20, bottom, you know, 24. But I think he is a, a fantasy. He's a NFL quarterback. And then, and by proxy with that, he'll be fantasy relevant. So I think he's actually a great buy low candidate right now. Uh, I've seen him going for dirt cheap. Where I mean, where do you want to see him go? If where do I want to? 
if tomorrow the Falcons acquired them somehow, I didn't like f up their cap space. Would you take him with the Falcons? You're a Falcons guy. Um, no, but only because we kind of already have a stopgap option there that I'm hoping we move past this year. I think the Falcons will be a bottom five team this year. I'm hoping they're a bottom three team this year. So that way they can get either young Stroud or Will Anderson. But if that's not possible, I still think we would need to see what we have in Ritter. So only because of the situation. No, I wouldn't want to see him in Atlanta, but I could see him being a stopgap in Tampa Bay potentially. Um, Yeah. You know, they have weapons there. He could be relevant there in Tampa Bay. You know, you talked about um, potentially in Green Bay, kind of the same deal there. I think those would be two good situations for him to go to. Yeah, why not? Send him somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Um, other news, return of the RBs. Uh, there were a lot of running backs last year that got hurt. Um, we had Cam Akers. Trevor Etienne, J.K. Dobbins. um, Oh, that's Travis Etienne. No, Trevor's the brother. Back in the uh, college mindset there. Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Christian McCaffrey, Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, all guys who are returning from injuries here. Um, Out of these guys, are there any that you don't believe in bouncing back? Uh, I'm scared on a couple of these guys. I think they all have issues. Obviously, you wouldn't have put them on this list if they didn't. I think Cam Akers is the most terrifying because he, unlike some of the rest of these guys, like our last memory of most of them is them playing well, even though they got hurt. Like Akers came back last year and looked bad. Our last memory of Cam Akers is him looking bad, and that um does not help the perception where we're kind of trying to remember and think about these things but i do think that makes him the riskiest because we like if he looks bad again now he's looked bad twice and i think it's almost impossible to move a guy like cam Akers. whereas travis Etienne, you can kind of well he's still coming back from the injury like i think you can still ship him off with something and same for for dobbins uh, henry and cmc they're getting a little older you know maybe not but i think the value to acquire them at this stage is lesser anyway in any sort of long-term league um so i acres is the guy for me that i think you know if it starts off poorly he's toast in terms of fantasy value and that um that's not like a not really a bag that i want to get left holding at this point to be honest i i'm probably i I might have him in one or two more leagues and i probably should try to move him here before the season starts yeah and also other news with acres you know he's been splitting reps with um darrell henderson early in camp uh, they have been talking up both of those guys so a lot of people who are acres stands like to point to well he maybe he didn't look good when he came back from his achilles injury there but he handled the bulk of the carries in the super bowl uh it sounds like they're kind of splitting those carries there with him this year so there are questions about even if he is fully healthy what exactly is that workload going to look like so i do have some concerns with acres as well um etn I'm a little bit concerned about just because that injury has a a higher tendency for re-injury. You know, he had the Liz Frank last year. Uh, If I'm I'm buying any of the guys out of this group, um, you know, it's going to be one one CMC for the ceiling uh, if it's a very short-term play. But long-term, 
Um, Dobbins is, is the guy that I would be buying. And, and, you know, we talked about Dobbins earlier there. So especially with Edwards starting on the pup, presenting an opportunity for Dobbins, he would be the one that I'd be the most interested in buying out of this group. I really like Barkley. I really like Barkley. I still think he has a lot to give. Does that hurt you to say yeah, he's a Penn state guy? No, he's been gone long enough. The stink of okay. state college is off of him. Oh, okay. Um, I think he's been an obvious buy all offseason. I think I've drafted him pretty much everywhere this offseason. Um, not a value anymore. He was a third or fourth round guy at the beginning of the offseason. Yeah. Like, I don't know what people were doing. Foolish, foolishness. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I snagged him in a couple places too. Uh, he was a, a screaming buy this year. You know, there are some mild concerns about, you know, he's had been injured a couple times. Um, so, you know, we'll see how that shakes out this year. But I do really believe in um, head coach Brian Dayball's uh, just ability as a coach to put his talent in the best position to succeed. Now, he gets a lot of credit for helping to develop Josh Allen and turn him into what he is today. And I think that's definitely warranted. But, you know, he also helped with Diggs, you know, it put him in a good position there, too. I think he's just a smart guy. Uh, who is going to utilize the best talent around him. And Saquon Barkley is pretty easily the best offensive player uh, on the Giants this year. So I think we could see a nice workload for Barkley this year and see a nice bounce back. It's going to happen. It's inevitable, people. Um, you know, out of these these guys, you said CMC, Derrick Henry, uh, guys you don't really believe in, particularly in the long term. Um are they guys who have kind of fallen for you there in your, I know you don't rank for dynasty anymore. Damn right. But if you did, are these guys who have fallen pretty precipitously? I refuse to comment. I don't do it anymore. Refuse. I don't know how some of these guys wouldn't have had to fall for you. Derrick Henry's 28. Like it's just the nature of the running back position. Um, so non grumpy answer <laughs> is no, I, I don't do this anymore. Sorry. Well, I still have Christian McCaffrey ranked as my RB three. Oh, you idiot! Not, not I don't know. Is that a lot? Uh, Is that a lot? I, I probably wouldn't do that, but uh, it's the ceiling. It's the ceiling play. Um, I, you know, last time we saw him fully healthy, you know, he was a cheat code, uh, and maybe we don't quite see that again this year. But there aren't a ton of running backs that I'm super confident in at the top. Um, you know, I like Najee Harris, but I think we, you know, it, it, I have some concerns about. Uh, the offensive line, what his workload's going to look like again this year because they rode him pretty heavily. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know exactly what he's going to look like. So he's my RB4. Um, I might flip flop those two at some point, they're pretty close. And then Barkley at five, who you know, we talked about, I think he can bounce back there too. But you know, he's also a little bit older, there's some lingering injury concerns there too. And then the other guys rounding out the top 10. Um, you know, they all have some question marks as well. Brees Hall, rookie, we haven't seen it. Michael Carter reportedly still the RB1 there, air quotes. Um, I don't necessarily know how much I believe that, but we'll see. Um, you know, Cook, Mixon, those guys are a little bit older. Um, you know, I'm, I'm lower on Javante Williams than most people. Um, I don't think we see quite the workload that people are expecting him. You know, Melvin Gordon is still there. And this team may not run quite as much as they did in the past with Russ at quarterback. So I have question marks with the other guys. So I have no problem with CMC at number three. Bad process. I don't know. 
You don't even rank Dynasty anymore. Dang you don't right. even like the NFL. It's terrible. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us here tonight. Catching up on a lot of news. Um, we will be back on Monday or Tuesday with uh, Campus Life, um, breaking down some of the uh, some of the week one action for you. Getting back into our uh, start sit competition. I'm looking forward to that uh, a lot. So tune in on Monday for that one. Uh, or on Tuesday for that one. Monday's Chasing the Natty. Um, Wednesday, we have the Bet on C2C, the new one there. Thursdays, the Debbie Debate podcast comes out for Thursdays. Um, the Hero RB Show by Noah Hills. Uh, the last episode of that one for this season is going to be on Thursday, so stay tuned in for that one. Um, Friday, we'll be bringing to Canton Bound and the new Debbie podcast back to Debbie uh, with Mike Valerie and Corey Pereira. Um just more of a little story. We always got something going on for you there. Um, tune in on Saturday as well. Like I said, we, we're bringing those live shows to you guys in the morning. Tailgate from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Um, College Fantasy Tonight is going to be roughly 11 o'clock-ish right after the primetime game. So tune into those. Uh, a lot of fun on those. But until then, uh, I'm Colin. I'm not Grumpy Austin. <laughs> and have a good one.